Hello, and welcome to Media Literate. You look so excited, Laura. Why are <laughs> I started thinking of it like, hello and welcome to Mary Literate. Mary, oh, that's Mary cute. Literate, everyone. Oh, gosh. Well, there's a couple updates, you guys. The main one being we are in a blanket fort yes, right now, are. and it's cute as hell. So cute. It's really lovely. Um, Kim made it. I said that. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is information that you would already have if you followed us on Instagram because the construction of the blanket fort was a little bit, um, you know, it's it's not shoddy work. <laughs> it's it's slapdash. It's a bit. It's I think it's perfect if you're a tiny child who will not be bumping against the top. Yeah, uh, there are Christmas lights or fairy lights, mm -hmm. solstice lights, if you will, uh, Yule hanging. Lights. Yule. Have a Yule that's cool, baby. Um, yeah, so we're doing a pretty special episode, I think. This is the first episode we're recording uh, on the same microphone yes. in the <laughs> same room, despite the fact that we live together. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing this for a couple of reasons. One, because this week's episode is special. It's our last episode of the season. Mm -hmm. And it's also, as a result, gonna be a fun more improvised <laughs> oh yeah I'm saying this because we are I'm not going to have anyone edit this like no one on the editing team is on this one right I don't know I hope not because <laughs> this is also our what third attempt to record for the podcast with mm -hmm. alcohol and none of the <laughs> others have gone through so Laura and I are sharing a glass of can we clink I think we can hold on wait wait ah, wait ah. So loud. Okay, well, I hope that we didn't deafen you there, but that's our situation. Uh, I did spill the first glass. And yeah, so I've talked a little bit about how this episode is special. Mainly, it is an extended cannon fodder episode, would you yes. say? Yes, but a different, a different sort of cannon fodder. Episode. What kind of cannon are we dealing with today, Laura? Kim, <laughs> it's the Christmas canon, but not like the actual Christmas canon, because I don't know about you, but I actually haven't seen most Christmas canon movies. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I watched, um, what is it? Miracle on 131st Street, uh -huh. the original That's one, not with the Matilda girl. Yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> that movie is, I think, probably very heartwarming and good, but also so ridiculous in an old timey mm -hmm. way where this woman... First of all, it's my least favorite plot besides a bad dad movie, which is a woman who is too professional. Oh, but that's so in the in the proper like Christmas I spirit. You fucking know? hate it. It's like, just <laughs> let this woman do her fucking job. So it's this mom and everyone's mad at her because like she doesn't spend enough time with her kid. She has a nanny. But when she gets home one day, she's like, where's our daughter? I guess my daughter, the nanny doesn't like co-parent, yeah, yeah. uh, whatever. And yeah, you know, good point. Uh, takes a village. The daughter is randomly in the apartment of a strange man in their building. Good old, good old olden days. <laughs> She's literally disappeared into this man's apartment and she won't stop going there. And that is how the like romance plot begins. And it's like, don't let <laughs> young girls into your the kid is five years old and she's just in his apartment and has a caretaker at home <laughs> like, anyways I'm a bit of a Grinch when it comes to many of the mm. classic yeah. Christmas canons I don't know why but me too I think that like Laura you're such a Grinch this isn't surprising <laughs> at all well I for me 
my like Christmas media has mostly been non-movie stuff like in my mm-hmm. childhood like I read the Grinch book mm-hmm. I oh oh um I had a couple of American Girl like c- complete collections Aww. and so I would read I think I had Kit and Addie and I would read their like Christmas books every year I would I watch all the Doctor Who specials because I didn't have friends in high school um, <clears throat> all my friends watch Doctor Who but maybe that's why I always felt a bit on the outside wow um <clears throat> This is gonna get, we're gonna go places. <laughs> no, I think it's gonna be great. I feel you. Um, my mom's major Christmas thing that she took out every year was a cassette tape by a band, an, an acapella group um, called Take Six. And That's such an acapella group name. Yeah, I assume <laughs> there's six of them. It is like a 90s, I am 100% certain all black acapella like jazz like but but jazzy almost like bebop jazz but all okay. acapella there's a lot of scat uh-huh. that happens yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> like it, it does the thing where they go up a couple octaves and yeah. it's covers of um I wonder if we can get silent night by take six for this episode we might <laughs> the episode could probably get flagged but take six isn't looking for fucking copyright <laughs> infringement they're not like I'm sure they'd be happy to know that we're spreading yeah, they should word. be so lucky <laughs> but yeah it's a very 90s acapella like too jazzy for this white Love Mainer it. woman <laughs> and that's why she loved it too oh yeah so more specifically uh-huh. Christmas canon yes we are going to go through I believe our top three Christmas yes. movies I have an honorable mention. I have a few. (laughs) Okay, so it's not really, the format is already crumbling. Uh, As it has done in the past with this podcast. (laughs) That's fine. Um, What is your, okay, I think we haven't actually established this. Usually we do pre-podcast, like pre-production meetings. Yeah, we did not prepare for this beyond you making the blanket. Yeah, the blanket fort is Thank you. I'm really happy about it. Uh, oh, I spilled my first glass of eggnog. Again, you would know this if you followed us on Instagram. Media Literate Podcast. Media Literate Podcast. Also, if you are on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. If you listen to podcasts on Spotify, you can follow us and it, you'll be updated. Uh, can I just say I love the seamless transition from like truthful like anecdote to like plug I think that we really like really come a long way in our hosting capacity I think we have too I also believe that it is a little bit to do with the fact that after I spilled the first glass of eggnog I had to make another one um with vodka which is not as good as rum and I poured it a little heavier than I meant to and so that's also definitely contributing we are going I think we should do like a top three in order of preference uh or like least to most yeah. favorite. Yeah. So your top yeah. three or your third, then I'll go third, mm-hmm. second, et cetera. Is this fun? <laughs> okay. It's fun for me. I'm enjoying it. I hope you guys are too. Do you do honorable mentions? Is that between second and first? That's usually what happens. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to start with that, but I really like that okay. idea. That's what they do on, what's that on YouTube? Uh, channel where they always do countdowns to things. Oh, it's um. Oh God, Watch Mojo. Watch Mojo. It's yeah. so terrible. The Watch Mojo formula. That's yeah. My, my content journey. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your 
number three this, Christmas movie. This I think is actually canon, sort of. Mm-hmm. It is Mickey's Christmas Carol. It is the only okay. Christmas Carol that I endorse. Not the Muppets? I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. I endorse, I mean, have seen it. Um, I saw the one with Patrick Stewart, but surprisingly it's bad. And I've read the book and it fucking sucks. Uh, fuck you, Dickens. Too many words. Is it a full-length novel? It's like a short-ish. It's, it's longer than a novella. It's a novel. God it's damn it. a lot of words. But Mickey's Christmas Carol is nice. Roger Ebert and that guy he was friends with, mm. Siskel, George Siskel, they, mm. they gave it two thumbs down. It's just hilarious to me. And the reason it's in third place and not higher, um, there's a line from the book where like a bunch of like some like people collecting for charity come around to Scrooge's place and mm-hmm. they're like we're collecting for charity and if like we need to feed the hungry otherwise they'll die and he says well if they're gonna die let them do it and thus decrease the surplus population and that line <laughs> unfortunately did not make it into Mickey's Christmas Carol and I find that disappointing wait is Mickey's Christmas Carol with Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck yeah is so it, that the introduction of Scrooge McDuck? No idea. Because his name is Scrooge. Yeah, it fits. It's. Oh my gosh. If Scrooge McDuck had said, let them die and this decreases the population, <laughs> that would have been the most metal thing ever. <laughs> so you're so. saying that the reason why Mickey's Christmas Carol is at the bottom of your top three is because there's not more mention of eugenics? <laughs> no. <laughs> let the poor die. <laughs> But it would be like bolder if they'd gone for it. It looks a bit cowardly. Okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, My number three is I know it's going to fall somewhere on your list. Um, So I'm sure we can talk about it more (laughs) when it shows up for you. Uh, But it is The Holiday. Uh Yeah. Yes. Uh, The Holiday starring Cameron Diaz and uh, Jude Law Mm -hmm. and Jack Black and the Kate, whose last name I never remember. Oh, Yes. yes. Kate Winslet. Yes. So good for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. I'll just hit several right now yes. very quickly. Uh, one, Jack Black is so hot mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, it's yeah. like, and it's unusual for him to be portrayed as a hottie. Yeah. And I like that the movie does this. Yeah. Um, Christmas Linguini. Wait, Christmas Fettuccine. Fuck me. Uh, you know why I think that though? Fettuccine sucks. Fettuccine is disgusting. Yeah. And Linguini is the perfect yeah. form of pasta. It's like pasta's final evolution. It's so good. Okay, well, Christmas fettuccine and <laughs> the trailers. The oh, trailers God. throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, those are my, okay. So, yeah, so Cameron, because Cameron Diaz is, she runs a trailer house. That's yes. Job. And so there's this very like incongruous with every <laughs> other thing about this movie motif that they have going throughout where she'll be like, depressed about her life. And then suddenly the trailer voice guy will do a voiceover and be like, Cameron Diaz as the lead character of this movie because I don't remember her fucking name it's she's Cameron Diaz yeah. Amanda I don't know um her life was going off the rails but then and it like cuts together a trailer that's very bad in the middle of yes. this movie like three times yeah I love I love the part where she's like she's you see the trailer that she's making for a movie and it's just the worst trailer like it's the kind uh, of trailer that makes you cringe so hard when you see the theater but she's like yeah I think that's, that's a movie. Yeah. It's a hit right there. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, Oh God. Um, But we'll talk more about it. Uh, This is actually a podcast episode about the holiday. Uh, (laughs) We're just taking a long time to get to it. Yeah. 
we uh well should we move on to number, number two? two my number two uh is the holiday <laughs> oh this is perfect i i just want to say that um the i think the jack black phenomenon that you're describing my friend and i call that a vigo mortensen because he's really really hot in lord of the rings uh-huh and not even a bit okay looking outside of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there, he is in one other hottie movie, but it's because he's covered in approximately the same amount of dirt. Okay, it's yeah. called Hidalgo. He races a horse across the desert. Oh. I'm pretty sure, haven't seen it since I was a child, but I bet you it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from that. Yeah. Uh, the Holiday, uh, a movie with no non-white people. So how could, it, how could that be racist? Um, Just, there's not a, I think there's one right? Oh, the old Jewish, um, the screenwriter who's got his, like, all his buddies, and they all talk about, like, Menashevitz and whatever, and Christmas fettuccine, and he has a Black um, (laughs) home health care aid, but the Black home health care aid disappears immediately because... because So this is a nice movie. Uh, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz switch homes. Uh Cameron Diaz has a really... Uh, fancy place in LA. Posh, England, one might say. A cute cottage court cottage in England. The quintessential yes. cottage. Um, the quintessential cottage. Very important to know yeah. that, like, if you look up the holiday, the next Google suggestion will be the holiday cottage. <laughs> it's it's extremely charming, and uh, so Cameron Diaz gets together with Jude Law, who is in like the the his prime. Yeah, no, this is Jude Law Law at his hottest by far, bar none, Mr. Mr. Napkinhead. So he, and it turns out that he is a a father of two very adorable, aggressively English girls. Very much so. Have uh, a blanket fort. They do. Like there's a scene where like the girls and Cameron Diaz and Jude Law snuggle up in the blanket fort together. And it's a little bit like what we're doing now. It's very cute. So yeah. um, And also I appreciate that it's kind of a nice, like in terms of holiday rom-com schlock, it's one that's like kind of for film buffs because Mm -hmm. Kate Winslet befriends this old screenwriter who's like back in the day, Hollywood, who who doesn't miss it? and apparently us <laughs> but I do like okay. the holiday watch it I guess it's so thing. fucking good it's okay again top 10 parts of it Jude Law at his hottest I'm not going to get to 10 I just said that because of the vodka um Jude Law at his hottest Jack Black at his hottest yeah. um the lovely just ode to film in like multiple mm-hmm. levels film scores Oh, Jack Black does a reenactment of film scores in a blockbuster, which no longer exists. And it's Mm -hmm. super cute or cringy, depending on if you are me or Laura. Yeah. Yeah, it's just perfect. Oh, and Kate Winslet makes us all feel better about like the most embarrassingly hung up you've ever been on a man. That's her. Yeah, I feel- It exists. I think I said when we were, because I put this on in like December 1st. To get in the Christmas spirit. It was the second, because the on second. the first, we sang Christmas songs That's, together. Yeah, yes. Last Christmas. Right. Terrible movie, excellent song. <laughs> Thank you, George Michaels. Yeah. Um, I've lost the thread of what we were talking about. Should I we think we should on move on. To... Honorable, wait, oh, wait, what's you my second, second one? Okay. Um, it is going to be mistaken with the thing that you just said, but mm. my second top three Christmas movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) is The Last Holiday. 
Okay. And this is, okay, both of these are really interesting because they are Christmas movies that seem to just skip right the fuck over Christmas like it never happened. Mm. Um, My favorite kind of Christmas movie. Honestly, yeah. Like Kate Winslet and Jack Black get drunk in Cameron Diaz's mansion Mm -hmm. um, because they're- They have a Hanukkah party. It's a Hanukkah movie. Oh my God. (laughs) First of all, very loud, but thank you also. (laughs) No, it's okay. but New Year's is the real focus of both of these. This is when like the denouement happens, yeah. right? Um, so The Last Holiday is a perfect film. Mm-hmm. It stars Queen Latifah and kind of LL Cool J in, he's a famously bad actor. And I would like to say that this is um, his, it's not his first performance, but it's his worst performance. It is so goddamn bad. It's ridiculous. Excellent. Yes, it's wonderful. Um, Queen Latifah, is a an extremely hard worker she's saved her whole life she's obsessed with cooking she makes these beautiful meals and then she feeds them to her scrappy little neighbor boy (laughs) uh to keep him off the street because i think they live in chicago or something Uh um and she finds out after bumping her head one day at work and being forced to go to the hospital so that she doesn't sue the company Mm -hmm. uh that she has a terminal brain tumor. Oh my God. And so she decides to like, give it all up. Mm -hmm. She takes all of her savings out and spends like the rest of her money in um, whatever European, I think she's in like Prague or something. So she goes to this most luxe freaking hotel in Europe. She's surrounded by white people. the side characters of this movie are also uh, one of the highlights, I would say. First of all, you've got, uh, I want to say, Jean-Paul Depardieu? Gerard Depardieu. Gerard. Damn it. See, it's like I usually get one of the French names right. Again, sorry, Julia. He <laughs> plays the, like, aggressive chef of this mm-hmm. establishment who's, like, lost his passion because all the people, they always change his menu. And she shows up day one and is like, I want to order all the specials and she orders and eats all the specials. There is um, the guy from leverage or the guy not from leverage. He either is or looks exactly like that guy. <laughs> he plays the CEO of the Walmart adjacent company that she's worked at for like okay. two decades, uh, biding her time and spending her money. And he's just the biggest goddamn asshole. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm going to look at the picture of the person. Yeah. Guy from or not from leverage. Uh-huh. He's in it and he's uh, having an affair with his uh, administrative assistant who somehow, she's definitely more than a secretary, but not much more than a secretary. Mm. Queen Latifah helps her like realize that she's underselling herself and that she deserves more than being this guy's side piece. Mm-hmm. There's a really mean German looking uh, employee of the hotel, <laughs> basically. Oh, um, uh, John Carlo Esposito's in it and he plays what? a senator who is <laughs> hot and tries well, to get yeah. with Queen Latifah, but he was supposed to come to her church's uh, Christmas like mass or whatever, but they were like, he has a lot of very important work to do. Turns out he's at this fucking hotel. Yeah. And so Queen Latifah's like, I don't think so, John Carlo Esposito. I'm going to wait for LL Cool J to come and explain to me how I am not, in fact, dying of cancer, which so should be not. <laughs> wait, can you just tell me which one is the one from Leverage? Uh, Timothy Hutton. 
Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Let's continue. Quite. So, so she's not dying. She's not dying, which should be worse because she spent all of she her money. She spent all of her money. Somehow it's okay. I think she's made a lot of rich friends at this point. Right. She stopped. Cool is a doctor. No, he yeah. also works at the Walmart oh. adjacent uh, place. Maybe oh, it's like a Macy's. That she wasn't dying. Uh, there is a very problematic uh, caric- caricature of an Indian doctor who who is very nervous about uh, giving this sort of information. Uh, and he has a mental breakdown when he realizes that the cat scan machine is broken. Anyways, it's a perfect film. It's got some <laughs> of the best food porn. It's got some of the best. There's like a, a pretty woman moment where Ooh. Queen Latifah goes into uh, a I don't know, fancy store. It's the one of my favorite lines in cinema. She walks in and these two like European woman looking women are like, and instead of doing the pretty woman thing, they just fucking get with it, which is great. And so Queen Latifah walks in and she looks at them and she says, make me international. (laughs) And it's so hot. And this movie is amazing. Is that the, on the cover of, on the poster? that would like with the dress that's the dress that she wears she's wearing a lovely like flowing red dress uh to make this a little bit more intimate for the the holiday moment uh-huh. I will say this movie got me through like one of my worst days in 2020 I had to move out of my apartment like two days later I was at the point with my ex where we were like okay we're going to break up now because you're going across the country my grandma had just passed away and it was during the uh in Jamaica so Uh I couldn't go to her funeral uh and the George Floyd Mm -hmm. protests were happening and we had already gotten rid of our couch and similarly I we sat on this comforter that is now making the uh blanket fort that we're in now and Mm -hmm. my ex and I were just like let's watch a nice movie And the holiday is one of those perfect, like- Last holiday. The last holiday, thank you, is one of those perfect feel-good movies that is also like 100% wholesome and not about white people. Oh, that's so- It's so wonderful. Where is it? I mean- Uh, You can watch it on, I want to say Hulu or something. Sure, something, yeah. Do it, you guys. It's incredible. That was a lot, um, but it's so worth it. Wow, I'm so excited to hear your number one. Like if that's the number two. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it should probably be more of an honorable mention, but I simply can't let it be by the way, honorable mentions. So my honorable mention Mm. is all of the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Um, because it's one of those things where Christmas is, oh, I was about to say Christmas is more about the stories we tell, but then I realized I heard myself <laughs> saying it and thought about how whenever I hear people doing that, I think of the Tyrion speech. From yeah, the you actually ranted about that yes. not two days ago yes. for an extended period. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't want to say that, but um, at the same time, Christmas is about the stories we tell. So, um, <laughs> And who has the best the story? story <laughs> Neville <Harry> Longbottom. <laughs> Ran the broken. So, um, in uh, just Harry Potter. Oh God! (laughs) I just inhaled. (laughs) I just inhaled a lot of uh, the nutmeg that was sitting on top. Continue. Okay. Well, it harkens back to a time. (laughs) I feel stupid saying that. It harkens back to a time when um, we didn't have streaming. Because I think the reason that Harry Potter is associated with Christmas for so many people is that like ABC Family was was part of their Christmas programming for so many years until Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. But 
Um, they so became like, free form. It, it, that might've been that change or when ABC family was bought by Disney or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But like, um, so it's like you're in a world where you're too lazy to go to the blockbuster or whatever and mm-hmm. get the DVD, uh, you wait till Christmas and then you watch all of them. And that's what I did. And so that was like, it's, it, they're very intimately associated at the same time as, as I've gotten older, Harry Potter has gotten progressively worse on every level. Like both JK Rowling coming yeah. out as a transphobe, but also just, I mean, so I have been sitting here, I watched the first two, which are the most Christmassy and you've experienced some of it. You've yes. experienced me ranting about it. Love it. Uh, I've had it on in the background as I've done work. I mean, I would never, I'm hundred percent focused on work as I, I would never have TV on the background, but, um, they're like so <laughs> dumb. The movies are like, I like just what, why do, why are you doing any of this? You're like, why is any of this happening? Uh-huh. And, um, but it's, 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 it's troubled and affectionate and forces us to reconsider the past in a sometimes dark way, but also nostalgic and fond, but you know, I did not know that you were going to like stick this landing. <laughs> you brought it in tight at I've the had, end. I've had uh, just enough eggnog to, to make that work. So um, let's see how much I've had. Um, I have two honorable mentions. Um, one should really be number one on my list. Uh, and it is Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. It's oh, a perfect okay. fucking okay. film. That is actually a family tradition we always used to watch like the charlie brown movies for their corresponding holidays less so happy thanksgiving definitely the great pumpkin but not only i think after a certain point my family moved beyond actually watching the movie even though if you are listening to this if you are an adult who's got enough of a an attention span to listen to us talk about media (laughs) theory you should go back and watch Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, because it is so much more relevant than you remember. (laughs) Like it's much more a movie for adults than it is for children because Charlie Brown is depressed. (laughs) He is actively like, I don't know. He's having like a crisis of faith. Oh God. He actually like, as a very secular Christmas celebrating Mm -hmm. family, the the moment where things sort of like come back together in that movie is when um Linus is like that's not what Christmas is about and then he talks about Jesus being born and you're kind of like okay but it is really Charlie Brown being like I don't really have friends (laughs) I'm pretty lonely these kids don't have adults in their lives that Mm -hmm. you can identify uh so there's no one for him to like celebrate with really And then he's also like being bombarded with these images of like capitalism and they try and buy a Christmas tree and it's made of like, they're all aluminum and like painted trees. Mm -hmm. And his sister asks him to like make a Christmas list. And she's like, dear Santa, please uh, just send money, preferably tens and (laughs) twenties. And he's like, tens and twenties. It's that's an actual line from that movie that I am quoting. It's very sweet. Um, so yeah, watch Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. It's much more like how you feel right now wow. than you expect. I, I feel like it was good that I didn't watch that as a child because it would have been a bit too on the nose, a little too hard. But I will say on that, um, I walked past Trader Joe's a couple of times and noticed that they had, so like that's presumably where the, that's the, well, we all know the image of like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. Trader Joe's was like 
selling those like you could buy a Charlie Brown Christmas tree from Trader Joe's wait hold on do you mean like the individual like the three it's branches like the, it's like just a sad little droopy thing with a single bobble on the end of it really oh no Tra- Trader <laughs> Joe's that's that's the postmodern they, experience either they miss the point or they get it too much or they like get it too much I oh think, no I think Trader Joe or whoever Trader Jose. Jose, really. Um, There are miniature Christmas trees that I do really like buying that are like whole, they look like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree after the kids are like, wow, we're such dicks to Charlie Brown. (laughs) And he just wanted us to have a nice Christmas that's like, if not about Jesus, at least less about capitalism. So that they follow him home and start singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the, I don't know when the title of that song stops. (laughs) And the lyrics start, (laughs) but then they like redecorate his Christmas tree and they make it like just through their collective love. It gains several more branches and is like really well, I, or something. And then they all shout Merry Christmas, like so aggressively, Charlie Brown. And they break out into song and it's, it's an excellent movie. This was supposed to be an honorable mention. And I just realized that when people say honorable mentions, they mean like, you just say what it is and then you don't (laughs) summarize the whole plot. (laughs) Explains it a bit more. I don't know why I love watch mode in my brain is the ideal template. They do a lot of countdowns. Yeah. All right. Oh, the other one, which will oh, actually yeah. just be an honorable mention, is Moonstruck. It is not <laughs> entirely a Christmas movie, but they're so goddamn cold. I am stealing this opinion from Why Are Dads, uh, but they mentioned it. And before I listened to the whole episode, I was like, I need to not be satisfied. Like, I don't, I can't satisfy my Moonstruck fix by mm. listening to this podcast. I have to stop and go back and watch it. And oh. Cher is so much hotter than you remember. And even the images won't do it justice because her voice. <laughs> That Italian American accent. Oh my goodness. Uh, Nick Cage is also so much hotter than you remember. Uh, It's just an absurd, wonderful time. And it's cold as balls the whole time. They all look freezing. Maybe that'll be like my first cannon fodder uh, in the new season. Please. Okay. Okay. We've come to the time. Yeah. So my number one, um, like I said, I I don't watch a lot of canon films. I only watch... It's a Wonderful Life the first time, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it good? It was fine. Okay. <laughs> um, but, so, um, I, uh, my number one is a movie called, well, it has a couple of different titles. And uh-huh. you, you'll know what it is because I've talked about it, like, a bajillion times. It's called Christmas Crush. I'm so excited. Um, also, alternatively titled Holiday High School Reunion. And it is the first Hallmark Christmas movie I ever saw. This was in, a, in an era, I think 2015 or 2016, mm-hmm. a little bit, 2015, a little bit uh, before the big Hallmark Christmas movie boom, when mm-hmm. they were just doing it and nobody noticed. And my <laughs> friend, my best friend from high school was like, watch this horrible movie. Uh, we need to watch it together. And we did. And it was amazing. It's basically about, again, increasingly relevant as I get older, but a woman who is, who her, her 10 year high school reunion is somehow being thrown around Christmas time. It has nothing <laughs> Which is a to horrible time to but, have a high school reunion. Right. But so she is, has not like made it as far as she wants to in her career. Mm. And so she goes back and she has to recommend, like she was kind of like a popular girl in high school, like all of her other, I don't know, like everybody else is like 
had like, got careers and stuff. Her like frenemy, her like top frenemy, the Regina George has like mm-hmm. um, got uh, like a successful model and stuff. And and I say Regina George because the love interest in this movie is the guy who played the love interest in Mean Girls, no. which is a little bit. He he doesn't look. It's 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 been ten. It's been a rough ten years for him. <laughs> um, but. So, and they're also, on top of being cheerleaders who were super popular, they were also <laughs> drug dealers. No, oh. they were um, in the high school's glee club because this was also Brian and Tom. God, fucking So there are musical numbers in it and they're all so <laughs> awful. Like so, 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 so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they sing uh, uh, a, a song, like an original song. Um, and then they sing oh, Hark no. the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the Newborn King, I think. Peace on Earth and, Peace mercy, on earth and mercy Mild. mild. Yeah. God and Sinners <laughs> Reconciled. Um, anyway. Uh, nations Why do I know these lyrics? God, okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Anyway, it's it's become something that I watch every year. And every year I notice more bad things about it. It's <laughs> so wonderful. And of course, we've had this proliferation of these really like low budget soulless Christmas movies but mm-hmm. that's the original one for me um as one of my dad's and my favorite Christmas traditions is watching every Hallmark movie that every Hallmark Christmas movie that uh comes up on the Hallmark channel really yes that's uh, so cute yes and so excited to do that again this year but um so so the original the originator of that is is Christmas crush colon holiday high school reunion for me wow so, that's beautiful yeah. yeah this is why i wanted to watch it but then we didn't have time so we just listened to a bunch of wham oh god it was and, so good yeah. uh another honorable mention <laughs> that is not even a movie the music video for last christmas the music video for last christmas is a <laughs> it's a saga <laughs> there is a lot going on in it it is both like very bare bones and low budget and also like way too involved (laughs) and also last Christmas once again the song and not the movie it's better than you remember (laughs) like go back and listen and you'll have feelings Mm. several of them so okay what's your number one my number one is uh it's a deep cut many people may not have seen it but it is it is a uh, direct-to-video animated film from 1997 Amazing. called Annabelle's Wish. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. I'm going to take you on a journey. Please. Because first of all, I loved this movie as a child more than anything. I think it was my favorite movie, maybe even more than Balto because it didn't scare me as much as Balto did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also whenever a movie character has a name that I think is better than my name I'm like I want to change my name to this one day and then I just like become obsessed Mm -hmm. so Annabelle's Wish is about a calf named Annabelle who is born on Christmas Eve and she by the way I'm saying this with a lot of detail because I just looked up the Wikipedia summary today and also it is darker than I recall (laughs) oh that's when you were sitting in the living room going Oh, oh God, that's what that was. That's what that was, yes. Um, So she is born on Christmas Eve and meets Santa because he is real. Santa. Uh, Yes. And she sees his uh, flying reindeer 
and he he comes into the barn and he's like I want to give he gifts her with the ability to speak somehow so she Santa just God (laughs) I mean he does a lot of wild shit we do pray to Santa yes um so anyways Santa gifts her with the ability to speak Mm -hmm. and she I don't know if she can speak to animals or to human beings. It's pretty unclear, but she can speak while her owner slash like the grandson of the guy who owns this farm, Billy cannot. He is a mute. Wait, did Santa take the voice from (laughs) Billy and give it to Annabelle? No, but good foreshadowing. No, Billy can't speak because he inhaled too much smoke and the father, no, in the fire that killed his parents. Oh. Yeah, dark. Um, So a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, He's bullied by some neighborhood kids. I don't remember several of the B plots. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Christmas time comes back around the next year. And he uh his aunt shows up Mm -hmm. and is like I want custody of Billy she's one of those absolutely like far too sexy just like (laughs) devastatingly hot mean aunts uh of like children's animated movies she's like a city woman she shows up in a fancy car she's got bright red hair and like a green Mm. suit that's like Mm. lime green it's gross and she's like (laughs) anyways uh, she's like, I want Billy now. We don't I'm entirely sure why, uh-huh. but she wants Billy now. And he's like, he can't speak, so he can't say it. But the grandpa is like, well, you didn't want him when his parents died and I had to take care of him and I don't have a lot of money. And and she's like, well, look, I have this lawyer. He says, yada, yada. Um, and if Billy can't talk, like Billy can't talk. And for some reason they're like, this means that <laughs> he has no rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if Billy can't figure out how to speak before, um, whatever happens, um, before before Christmas, basically more or less, I think she shows up on Christmas Eve and he, she's basically like, I'm taking Billy and the farm animals who I think can all communicate somehow, um, push her car into like a a ditch Mm -hmm. so that they can't leave. So she can't take Billy yet. And the, oh, the crux of this by the way, is that when Annabelle sees Santa's reindeer on the night that she's born on Christmas Eve, she's like, all she wants to do is learn how to fly. She goes sledding with Billy a lot and because it feels like flying. She is a cow, but she can do that. Mm-hmm. And so she's been waiting for Santa to come back the next year because he gave her the power of speech and he gives every like barn animal a wish every year. So she's going to ask him for the power of flight the next year so that she can be and so she becomes a reindeer she's like I don't want to be a cow anymore I want to be a reindeer and fly she wears these adorable little stick antlers that Billy ties to her head because he somehow understands that she wants to be a reindeer maybe it's because she can talk I guess Mm -hmm. so the barn animals distract the lady from taking like they she can't use her car they have to wait for the mechanic billy can't talk so he can't be like no i want to stay here with my grandfather even though he definitely can through many other options and (laughs) santa shows up that night and annabelle is like hey um i really wanted to wish to for the power of flight and to become a reindeer so i could fly but instead I want you to give my speaking powers to Billy. Oh. And so Billy wakes up the next morning 
and he can talk after he opens like a specific present from Santa or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that like takes away Annabelle's ability to talk. And then several years later, like I want to say at least a decade, probably two, Billy is married to his like childhood girl crush. Who's one of the like backup characters. Mm -hmm. And Annabelle is their cow still. Uh And he wakes up one Christmas Eve and looks outside and there are cow tracks leading away from the barn. And Annabelle is real old at this point. And she's basically walked off to die as animals (laughs) do. You know, they're like, I'm going to die. I don't want to be around like Mm -hmm. all this shit. So she's walking away and she's about to die of old age or whatever, because she's lived a nice cow life. Uh And Santa Claus shows up with his reindeer and he's like, hey, Billy, do you know what this cow did for you? (laughs) Annabelle, you're such a good girl, yada, yada. And then he turns her into a reindeer and she flies away with Santa Claus. And it's a perfect film. Did she get to speak? I think she can talk once he turns her into a reindeer, maybe? Reindeers can famously speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But she says bye to Billy and flies off. Anyways, wow. it's um, it was my favorite movie as a child, and uh, that's why it's number one. Completely valid. I still like other movies better than it by a lot, no, but good lord, I just love. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. It doesn't matter which movies I like more. This is the this number, is one number one Christmas movie. I <sighs> I like the I, I love the portrayal of Santa as like just a benevolent god, just a, a benevolent demigod with the like, power. To give like speech and flight to random I like animals. That he can give only one wish per animal per year. Mm-hmm. And like, could, could, it, why is his power limited this way? You know, like, could he not give Annabelle the power to speak and uh, the power to fly or whatever and mm-hmm. then also give Billy the power to speak? Like, is also, there a limited amount of speaking capacity <laughs> in the world? Yeah. Also, I mean, arguably, the kids' needs matter a little bit more. Like without Annabelle <laughs> being like, hey, I'm going to make a selfless act and give up right. my speech for Billy. Shouldn't he be like, holy shit, there's a kid who can't speak because he inhaled smoke Santa went in the fire? He doesn't really care about kids. So <laughs> he's really more of a barn guy. <laughs> yep, that's his whole thing. I have to look up this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Annabelle's Wish. So good. And it was also like sponsored somehow by the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, which Hell is yes. weird because like, it's not like Billy was going to die of not being able to speak. He was just going to go off with his super fucking hot aunt and live in the city. Um, yeah. See, she's got the little like antlers tied to her head. That's really cute. She's the cutest goddamn cartoon cow you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> All she wants to do is fly and hang out with Billy, who can't talk. Also, he's got, oh, she rams his bullies, not Billy's, Billy's bullies, uh, because they're making fun of him. And so the cow, like, runs up and knocks them on their asses, Mm -hmm. which is dangerous. Calves are very large. They are not small animals. As babies, they could definitely, like, have done some serious damage to those shitty, shitty kids. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those... Yeah, Cloris Leishman is in it. I don't that's, remember. That's the, um, that, I think that's the- The hot, mean, sexy aunt. aunt. Oh God, yeah. The hot, hot, hot? No, no. That's no. Word. Well, um, we should stop. We should stop talking because <laughs> I have, 
I mean, I would love to sit under this blanket for it with the top, the, the quilt progressively fucking up my hair more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think this has been a very successful extended cannon fodder episode. Thank you. Me too. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Ah, uh, this is why we don't drink and do this podcast. Yeah. It always seems fun. And then <laughs> <laughs> everybody have a very literate. That sounds like somebody's name. Wait, hold on. This is actually a really big deal because what? this is about a year from yeah. when we started this podcast with the whole cohort. Yeah. Um, y'all don't know if you started listening recently, but this used to be a much different show. Yeah. And we, despite being in grad school and also like mutually dying for the last several weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have managed to keep it going with a lot of help from a lot of really, really awesome people who yeah. you don't hear every episode, but who fucking rock our socks. Yeah. Both of us wearing Christmas themed socks we at the are. moment. Um, Should we name them? Should we try to list them all? I feel like it's gonna be awkward if we leave somebody out. It, we will leave someone <laughs> out and it will be awkward. So the production team and the post-production team and everyone who's been a guest on the podcast, their names are in the credits of this show. They are awesome (laughs) and they will forgive us for not trying to drunkenly go through the list of their names. Laura's fine. I really miss by Colton Elsie, Sebastian Bertzreiner, Laura Broman, Kim Henry, Julia Rose Camus, and Julia Elizabeth Evans. This episode was edited by Julia Elizabeth Evans. Our theme music is Soft Feeling by Chiel, and our logo was created by Julia Camus.